everybody. Welcome to the Old Moon Podcast, episode 16. This week, it is me. I am your host this week, Tiltus TV. Um, Blue is on vacation, so we mm -hmm. get to talk about post-festa without Blue. Um, I'm the shot caller for Solace, um, a casual T2 guild, um, and I'm joined here today with, we'll do Choice first. Choice, go ahead and take it away. Hey, what's up? Glad to be here. First time on the podcast. Blue really took kind of a interesting week to be away considering it's the best stuff. It feels like we got I the know. most to talk about as possible but mm -hmm. yeah happy happy to fill in i'm excited i used to i used to podcast a lot a couple of years ago and i haven't in a while so, but i love talking about bdo true jay go ahead and introduce mm. yourself hi i'm jay Kuhn. i'm an awakening wusa main with 760 gears Square. i do a lot of end game pda content such as olin's the dungeons and now the boss blitz i recently defeated all the boss blitz on calamity 7 and i can't wait to fight imuki tomorrow and welcome to the Old Moon Podcast, episode 16. <laughs> 16 weeks in a row. Sheesh. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe we That's made crazy. it. <laughs> four, four months. Is oh, I know. Yep. It's actually wild. Um, so we're going to go ahead and hop right in because we only have a thousand and one things to talk about today. Yeah. So um, obviously we're going to be talking very heavily about the, pot, uh, about the Festa, um, which had a very interesting uh, approach this year. Normally we get mm. the Heidel Ball. We normally get like a six our stream they do music they go over player statistics we get all this information and then dabbled in here and there they'll talk about different things for you know an hour or so but this this year we got a straight just two hour conversation almost um where the devs just talked about what they're doing with bdo over the next you know the rest mm -hmm. of the year basically um and i've got to say i think i really like this presentation format a lot more did you guys have any strong opinions on mm -hmm. it um, you know, for me, yeah. for me, I think this was uh, a much more efficient way to uh, engage the player base by talking with us in a way that feels really comfortable and relatable, as if we were simply just having a conversation, right, as I mentioned, and, you know, about the games and its improvements, you know, in comparison to before with the high ball and the Calfield balls, it felt very formal. It felt like as if we were being presented the content in some kind of like board meeting or something, right? I definitely felt way more engaged and excited to hear what uh, where the game is headed in this fashion. Yeah, choice. Did you have? Did you watch it live or did you watch? Yeah, I watched it live. I would agree. I I really like this Heidel Ball, but honestly, and you know what was really weird is they call it Festa, but they then on socials called it Heidel Ball. So I think both <laughs> names actually apply. Um, it's remastered. Either way, <laughs> yeah. Even on their YouTube channel, they called it the Heidel Ball. So mm -hmm. I, like, yes. Yeah, I'm probably going to call it Heidel Ball a lot, just is why I'm yeah. qualifying that. But anyway, so yeah, I really liked it. I don't know if I liked it because I really liked the stuff that they presented. Like everything was really, really awesome. How it just mm -hmm. felt like it felt like they were taking a step back and truly listening to the player base and mm -hmm. kind of taking their own personal sort of like biases as to why they weren't doing certain things and just putting those out the window and being like, we're going to give the players what they want. So that's mm -hmm. why I don't know if I liked necessarily the presentation more than I like the other ones. Like I don't mind um, the the more formal presentation type style, but I didn't mind this one either. So either way, mm -hmm. I'm there for the content. Like I I could yeah. I guess not having the music breaks was actually nice. I didn't, I didn't really care about the live music, so I'm happy <laughs> to really do that. Yeah. As a musician, I tried really hard to get into live music. It's not it's not it's not all that it was like okay let's do one song okay now let's do something else i will say the one thing i missed out of this was the um um i can't think of the word uh the statistics 
um, yeah. that we normally get. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like seeing the statistics. I like getting the graphs of, you know, where the player gear curve is at and stuff like that. How many players have done X event, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have appreciated that maybe at the end or beginning. Um, but I actually enjoyed the format a lot more than than them getting up there and, and standing up there and talking. And, you know, they sat around a table. Jay had his little black spirit plushie the whole time. Like, it was <laughs> it was very chill. It was very chill. So I definitely think uh, if they want to do more um, presentations 100%. that way, mm-hmm. I, I would uh, – it's more enjoyable to listen to because we, we just did, like, a watch party in my guild Discord where we just all sat around and watched and, you know, got all hype and stuff. Um I did miss the Q and A. The Q and A would have been nice. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, I forget that they do the Q and As because um, all I can think about is the Diablo Immortal Q and A, or the <laughs> that one guy <laughs> called the Devs an idiot. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and hop into the meat of things. So they opened. They did not waste any time when they yep. hit go live. They were like, "Okay, we're doing this right now." And so they started <laughs> off uh, with the the an- announcement of T Ten Doom. Um, which is, uh, does it have an official name or is it just T10 Doom? Yeah, T10 Doom. L Horse. T10 Doom. L Horse. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe it had a different name, but, uh, I, I am genuinely impressed at how good it looks. It mm-hmm. looks fantastic. Did you guys have any like strong feelings when you saw it? Uh, choice will start with you. I, I thought it was really, yeah, no, I like the design. I think it looked really sick. I think that the abilities looked really cool, but yeah. I think that's honestly what PA's strong suit is in everything. Whenever they come up with a new class, whenever they come up with anything that's animation wise, they always just do a freaking insane job of it. So I was not worried about that. I was more worried about like, what is the functionality of this horse? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if we want to jump right into the functionality. Um, I yeah, thought it was ahead. kind of an interesting interesting that they you know basically made an ability that it can summon two more horses like yeah that's like <laughs> that was definitely unexpected yeah unexpected at all that was like curveball <laughs> it's funny because we joked about it being a school bus the school bus. <laughs> when we were when we were speculating about it you know we were like make it the guild school bus you know have everybody hop on and mm. uh unironically they actually gave it gave us that so um jay did you have any strong feelings when you saw it um you know i think the the devil horns really fits the aesthetic of the hell horse um, mm-hmm. that they were trying to go for. So, I mean, if anything, if if I had to make any like improvements on it, I would have preferred maybe a bigger fire aura. I do feel like the fire aura was a little bit uh, um, underwhelming, but other than that, I think they nailed it. You know, in terms of their abilities, like I kind of expected that it would have another instant excel. I feel like that was a, a lot of a, a, an expected ability. But as mm-hmm. we mentioned before, the freaking what is it called? Um, I, I wrote it down here: Shadows of Hellfire, a uh, skill where you you know basically create shadow clone. That's a shadow clone mm-hmm. jutsu ability. I feel like nobody expected <laughs> that. You know, it, it would have been maybe been a, a three seater is what we would have expected. But summoning mm-hmm. two additional clones, what the heck? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was awesome. I wanted infinite instant excel. Uh, infinite instant excel. Just made it, yeah, so you don't have to drift. That would have been you just nice. hold F, right? Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Um, one uh, thing I, I am a little bit um, worried about is you know how like the Pegasus doesn't take fall damage because it's flying, and Dine got an ability yeah. that re- reduced fall damage as well. And it seemed like Doom does not have that, so um, I don't know if they might add something in the future to help with that. But otherwise, I guess for Doom users, you would probably have to wear your Hunter's Clothes to avoid the fall damage. Mm. Gross. Mm-hmm. Hunter's Clothes is a whole another problem. They should make that like a separate <laughs> slot or something. Like, yeah. I hate having to feel like I need to wear that for functionality's yeah. sake. 
Um, I was super. So, do you guys know how the Shadow Clone Jutsu actually works? That the two horses have no combat abilities at yeah. all. I don't think mm -hmm. they can charge or anything. It's just literally they can they get the movement skills. Um, and so I was I was really excited because Jay, you and I and Blue talked about a lot about how it was just going to have you know, like, uh, one, one little dinky extra skill that didn't really make it worth. And they, mm -hmm. they actually flipped it on its head entirely. Yeah. They were like, no, we're going to make this thing really good. It's kind of juiced. Um, it's kind of yeah. juiced. I mean, they said that was, you know, the fastest land horse that they had mm -hmm. and they were not joking around this go around. So I was really excited. The aesthetics are so cool. The devil horns yeah. are amazing. 100%. Um, and I, I liked that they just hopped right into it. They were like, Hey, mm -hmm. it's starting. Here's the image on the screen. We're going to play this video and then we're yeah, going to didn't waste any it. time. I was like, Whoa, no wasted time at all. Yeah. <laughs> I missed like the first 30 seconds. Cause I wasn't even tuned into the stream yet. I like, oh, had no. to, like <laughs> clip and like rewind and be like, okay, what did I miss? Um, yeah, uh, the the fourth instant excels uh, mm. super nice, um, and then um, just to the point that they even buffed the other um, Teton yeah, horses, right? The yeah. the Pegasus needed new it. skills, yeah. Needed yeah. It badly. Um, it's it basically can fly for a bit now, like a two three second, basically an instant excel mid air, and also gains a little bit of um, verticality, right? So yep. that's pretty cool. Although the the TNA running longer in water, that was a little bit underwhelming. <laughs> Maybe yep. they might go back and and help it out a little bit, but. Yeah, definitely the T10. I think T10 Pegasus owners will be really happy about the change. It depends how much longer it runs on water. Because if it, if you can mm -hmm. fully drift and instant excel all the way to, say, Ilya, that's like a pretty mm -hmm. big change compared to just jumping the whole way there. Because that's True. kind of a, a cumbersome mm -hmm. journey for underwater grinders to have to, like, jump and take forever to get across water. I highly doubt it's going to be enough to, like, get you to Port Rat or anything. So it's yeah. really just island hopping. So if they can um, make it where you can go to your farthest island without having to do the jump, that'd be pretty huge mm -hmm. quality of life. Like maybe even Oquilla's eye or something. Yeah. Even if even if you can just island jump the whole way there, it would be sick. Enough to get you started in the water doing something, because right now it does feel totally underwhelming, I think. Um, and I know people complain about it all the time. So I'm glad to see them paying attention to the horses, though, um, and and like actually buffing them and making them good, especially for the people that already have them. Um, Jay, I, I know you're going to feel strongly about this. Mm -hmm. They're adding fail stacks to the T10. I horses. know. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely um, unexpected uh, that they would add that because uh, uh, it, it, it does kind of feel like, how do I word it? You know how like when they added the pity pieces to the infinite potions um, mm -hmm. after all those other people spent like hundreds of hours uh, grinding for the potion pieces, it kind of felt like a similar vibe to that. And so I, I really do hope that the uh, stacks are retroactive. Something in me feels like they might not do that, but I, I do hope that they they make those retro those fail stacks retroactive. Because one of my friends, um, uh, it was Candia. Candia is like sixty four attempts into his T ten uh, Pegasus with no luck, and so um, for him to just start over from zero stacks from you know when everybody else also gets to start with stacks as well, it, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a slap on the face, you know? Yeah. It's definitely with definitely the infinite pots, they made like special versions of them. So maybe mm -hmm. they should have done something like that for people that have successfully gotten the horses. Because it's not like mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't ever with infinite pots retroactively give people their time back. If you spent yeah. seven hundred hours and you never got the piece, you didn't get anything. Like yeah. you just got nothing. But if you did successfully get the pot, then you got like a golden pot. It's got your name yeah, on a it. Special version. You know, it's got mm -hmm. the red border. Mm -hmm. So maybe they could have done something like that for the horses. Where 
I don't know, like some type of uh, maybe a like a some special like little marking or golden trim or something on the horse mm-hmm. or I don't know what people care mm-hmm. about, but something to just signify like, hey, this guy got it during hard mode. A legacy be, horse. Nice. Mm-hmm. A legacy horse. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, are you Jay? Are you excited about them finally making it easier to get your your feathers? It depends on how good the drop rate is right they if you guys don't know they're adding uh mythical feathers to the drop rate of ofentet uh because ofentet didn't really drop anything other than uh the the weapon that nobody cares about (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anybody here would ever use a pen ofentet weapon you know so um (laughs) but uh they're also adding it to field bosses and uh the patrigo right we don't know how high the drop rate is um maybe let's say it's guaranteed that you would get at least one feather per ofentet uh, kill or per field boss kill i think that would really make uh, field bosses a lot more appealing uh, to do Uh, and so um yeah i mean it it all depends on i mean the market's kind of what is it right now i think in na it's 7500 orders and if you don't know you can only put in yeah you can only put in five orders per person so that's 1500 people trying to uh put buy orders and you know after they get their feathers they're gonna refresh that buy order and so uh, i do think um it it all depends on how how often those drop will be to fix the market hopefully it is enough we'll see i don't know Choice, do you have an opinion on it? In a perfect world, I feel as if it shouldn't be bottlenecked at all. Like, there's already... I, I, I'm always of the opinion, especially with any content in this game, is that mm-hmm. if you want to work towards something and that's your primary goal, you should be able to tirelessly work towards it until you achieve it. Like, mm-hmm. time-gated stuff is not my forte at all. I'm not a big fan of that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. to me the notion that you can only get these mythical feathers from a world boss i don't even think that's like good enough i i think that the the idea where they said with royal fern roots you're going to be able to get them from like Petrigio shop or something like that mm-hmm. um like i i just i i don't think that you should ever have a bottleneck on mm-hmm. something like that because there are players in this game that only care about horses they only care about horse breeding. They only care about their horse gear. They only care mm-hmm. about their horse training level. And they are just time-gated on what they can enjoy in this game. And why would you time-gate somebody's fun? And then similarly, you're going to have a lot of people that get very unlucky on their horses. There's going to be people that, even despite the fail stack system, they're going to take 200 attempts to get all three horses, I'm sure. And that's a lot of time-gating that's still going to exist. The only hope is that the feathers are generous enough where they're on the market, but something tells me that probably is not going to be the case. Like they, they generally, mm-hmm. you know, some of their fixes help, but don't solve. And so I feel mm-hmm. like this might be a help, not a solve situation. You're probably still going to have to go to every single often and keep orders up in order to get yeah. your attempts in. So actually we were, we were discussing ways to make it a grindable thing, the feathers. Uh, last week, um, there was a really interesting post by Valkia who suggested that they make uh, tanning um, a way to sort of skin the feathers from like birds or something. And that would be a way to get mythical feathers. Uh, and, a, and another way we would think of grinding rural fern roots uh, is to just add them to the Lockyara minigame. I don't know if you've ever done the Lockyara minigame, but I actually had a lot of fun. I've, I've always had a soft spot for puzzle-like games, and it's basically like Minesweeper. And if you can if you can do Minesweeper pretty well, you could do the Lockyara minigame pretty well. So those would be my ideas to, or Valkia's ideas to uh, make it grindable. 
Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good plan. Like the Lockyer minigame is pretty much dead content. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. It was basically dead upon arrival, so that would definitely mm-hmm. add a use to it. It kind of makes sense because it is a sort of grassy green item, so mm-hmm. I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not a fan of time gating really any anything. Um, with that being said, I do think there are some things that are kind of worth like heavily investing into to get you know the best rewards possible. Um, so if if they want to make it difficult to grind, like if they want to make the the barrier to entry kind of high because it is you know the best horse in the game, um, I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I don't. They need to do something else. I think to help. I think this is a step in the right direction. Maybe do this and then release some another way as well, and then you'll probably balance out the market a little bit. Because um, mm-hmm. it is, I mean, they're they're pretty they're going to be pretty gated, and often Tet doesn't die as it is. The uh, the only people that are going to go there are, you know, people that are trying to get their horses. And is that enough people to justify True. killing off mm-hmm. Tet, killing the field bosses? And then how often are you going to see it on Petrigio Shop? Because I don't know if you guys have looked at that guy recently. There's still not very good rates to get stuff you want in that. Um, so, and, and what's the price going to be with Petrigio too? That's the other thing. If it's like, I mean, horses aren't going to care, but if it's still, if it's like triple or quadruple the value, it's like, Okay, well that kind of sucks. Like now you're buying one for you know triple the value of what uh. Well, what I don't mind. I, I wouldn't mind paying premium to just get those materials out of the way. To be honest, <laughs> I wonder yeah, how very end game item. You know, yeah. Like, tier ten horses are for people that either really care about them or people that have money to blow really, because it's it's not an efficient item by any stretch of the imagination. Um. Let's move into talking about Dekia's lantern because I know I know yes. Jay has been fiending about this. <laughs> I love, I love this idea. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. if you guys don't know, they announced a new item called the Dekia's lantern, which is going to empower uh, four spots currently. It's going to be uh, Ash Forest, Olin's Valley, Thornwood, and Turos. Um, it's basically going to make those spots Elvia versions of it while r- while running the lantern, um, and you're going to get better loot. Um, and I, from my understanding, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, it's, it's basically just like one rot that, that gets buffed, right? One pack. It's like, just like a single pack. pack. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are you running pack to pack, dropping your lantern every time you go to a new, new um, pack? no. So what I'm understanding is that you just respawn that single pack over and over again with the lantern. You just stand it at one okay. zone, mm-hmm. one pack. Okay. Now. Gotcha. I misunderstood that in the, in the thing. Okay. Well, that, mm-hmm. that helps. I think. Um, so Jay, go ahead. I know you want to talk about this. You've been fiending about it for <laughs> four days, so I know you're ready, Mister. Yeah, Owens. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. For anyone who goes to my stream, I'm probably grinding Olens. <laughs> I think this really opens up another amazing avenue for endgame players to enjoy. You know, it definitely felt like the endgame spots over over the past few years have been pretty much conquered, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Ash Forest is kind of a kind of a joke nowadays because of the amount of gear we have, and Olens, like people are are crazy min maxing olens and so as we constantly increased our gear score through these content updates so i think this will really breathe life into those older spots once again and um you know this was kind of i, I do think this mechanic is meant to be expanded on so i'm, I'm not sure where else they would w- would put it um but you know olens valley is definitely something i am the most excited for for those 
listeners who haven't done Olin's Valley or don't know what Olin's Valley is, it is a three-man endgame party grind spot that was released, uh, I think it was when 2020, October, or something like that. Oh, when, when Odalita released, essentially. And it involved yeah. adventurers fighting these golems and destroying parts of a gigantic golem to not only receive, you know, additional loot, but also to debilitate the uh, attack patterns of the golem. So I think... Uh, for those who've grinded Olin's Golem can can definitely agree that it was such a unique mechanic and also very satisfying and rewarding. So for Dekia's Lantern to be applicable to my favorite grind spot in the game and makes the Golem even stronger with better loot. And uh, I was told that it was also going to have different attack patterns, like different mechanics. So that was really refreshing to hear. I think the only other spot I would love the Lantern to affect would be Upper Gyphons because we never really had a true five-man grind spot right I, I think upper gyphons is more so two or three people grinding and then the rest are just tagging the mobs i, I didn't really pretty uh, much yeah yeah so back if, in the day back, back in the oh day. yeah back in the day i i heard about it i wasn't there unfortunately i didn't really have the gear to grind upper gyphons but i i wish i could experience it and maybe this would be a way this would be an avenue to experience the five-man grind spot back in what 2017 whatatever camo silva mm -hmm. came out so yeah yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Old Gyphon was so nice. You had people that had different roles, and you had like mm -hmm. the pullers, and the pullers there was a strategy and DPS. to getting mm -hmm. the mobs like together really nicely. And if you wanted to be sweaty about DPS, you could like kill extra of the little statues to get more trash loot. And mm -hmm. there's like the spot itself was very, very. It was it was a great spot, but the problem was is that five man is pretty difficult sometimes to get that many people. The only reason that that spot really like thrived, I feel, is because it was the best spot at the time. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. spot would definitely have to be really relevant to justify like getting regular parties there because mm -hmm. it would be pretty tough otherwise. Like people really wouldn't care about it. Especially with it being a, such an upper end spot too, you're limited on who you can take at that point. Um, but I do like the idea of the Dekia's Lantern. I think it's a great way to kind of help us revisit or not revisit, but make these in-game spots even harder. Um, do you, Jay, do you want to talk about the drops? Because I know, uh, I know there's a big there's a big drop here. Oh that, yeah, uh... Olin's Valley is gonna be <laughs> dropping the Debreka earring. So I think a lot of players were very concerned with you know, and choice here was concerned about time gating stuff. And Debreka earrings were a time gated uh, uh, accessory, and so this is sort of a way for players. Well, not sort of a way is a way for players to f grind out the Debreka earrings. So, um, what yeah. do you think the rates are going to be? You thinking like it's going to be every um, four hours, kind of like the other Debrekas, or more rare? I'm not too sure. Um, they did mention they were increasing the price of the Debrekas, um, uh, past uh, you know, the cap. I don't know what they're going to increase it to. I was talking to my chat a lot about this to discuss hey what do you they like people will throw out numbers like one to two bill for the base and so um maybe in a, you know uh, accommodating that uh you know data or or suggestions maybe yeah that does make sense once every four hours per person would be you know 500 mil additional per hour but you know at the same time we don't know uh, exactly how the mechanics going to work can we really sustain an hour of grinding with this decia lantern right that's another yeah bag of worms so we'll yeah. probably have to wait until it fully comes out i think it they said it was going to come out in korea in like july 19th was yeah. what i heard about and so yeah. we'll have more information on how sustainable grinding an hour of dekia olens would be what do you mean by sustainable 
like um so how i'm understanding how the mechanic is going to work is that you're going to use the lantern it's going to um empower the golem or like respawn it as a bigger mob and then you kill the mob and then you're going to redo it uh and, but we have to refill the lantern right we have to refill the lantern with uh, uh enhanced yellow accessories and i'm just not how sure how that's going to exactly work oh. as um in a party as well right because are we going to take turns to uh, use the lantern you know something like that or is it all going to consume at the same time um so we 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 don't have enough information yet to to understand that interesting use for yellow accessories by the way yeah definitely they were like how can we make people how can we make people actually use these things and it was like oh we'll just make them fuel for something else so i don't know <laughs> if you looked at the market after that announcement but instantly yellow accessories were like leaving like very quickly i think seraph's necklaces are like going up in price mm -hmm. which is wild to me um well they did a maintenance that removed all those accessories off the market did, beforehand mm -hmm. so uh, there wasn't really a lot yeah, gonna... okay that's why they're all gone all right yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. I was I was not uh, expecting them to be like, yeah, uh, here's the fuel for your lantern. It's actually just yellow, enhanced yellow accessories. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got to assume that it's going to give you multiple charges based on the level that you dump into your lantern. Uh, what do you What do you guys think about that? What do you guys How do you guys feel about using uh, accessories mm -hmm. as fuel for your lantern? So one of my viewers was concerned about how much that would cost to run per hour and um i was just saying to them hey maybe you know for those players who are going for those deborah accessories um maybe the price isn't even uh, a thing to that they're not even thinking about the price they're just thinking about the base um Debrekas or whatever additional materials um the the decades lantern will drop and so I personally wouldn't mind spending extra money to just be able to get those bases. But I, I, I definitely I can understand the concerns of people who are thinking, hey, you know, if this is going to cost 400 mil per hour and I'm making only a bill per hour, that's only 600 mil per hour, you know. So um, not too sure, not too sure where it would be. It kind of reminds me of like back in the day when trash loot was, you know, I mean, you wanted trash loot, but your main source of income was those money drops. So to me, it kind of feels like we're going back to that, like, hey, you're not actually making as much money at this spot as you would be if you're not using the Dekia's Lantern, but you have the ability to get the earring, which is going to be huge at Olin's. Um, Choice, do you have an opinion on that? Do you, do you like that idea, that concept? Yeah, I think it's a pretty pretty interesting concept. I, I do get it. I, I think that having certain accessories as fuel is fine, but I do think that the fuel should not be super expensive. Part of the issue is that you're taking an accessory like, let's say, you know, a crescent ring and a bassy belt and these cheaper accessories, and you're now making them cost more money for newer players. So if you think about someone whose next upgrade is like a Tet crescent ring, and now you've got all these endgame players that are buying these items and making them more expensive, you've now just made newer players' accessories a lot more expensive too. So I definitely think they need to make it fair. Like there's one thing in making an item sync. And then there's another thing in making sure that you're not just unfairly funneling, you know, all this, the massive amount of silver that endgame players have compared to new players and now making their progress tougher. And it's really kind of weird in general. I didn't really think that the accessory market was that bad. Like the stuff like ogre rings and crescent rings and bassies. I did not think that it needed that kind of a sync. 
I get it. I get it for syrups. I get it for all these other lower grade yellow accessories. But those other ones, it seemed kind of odd to me because like we I remember coming from a time where they added rifts in order to help fund that accessory market. And now they're trying to like deplete it really hard. So it's going to be really weird. It's either going to be where it's super worth it to do Dekias mm -hmm. and it sells at the market, or it's going to be super unworth it to do Dekias and only people that care about Dekias are going to do Dekias. So I don't know. Uh, it's um, it's up in the air. Balancing is definitely going to be super important. They're going to have to really consider. Hundred percent. Jay, yeah. Jay, I see your chat talking, mm -hmm. having a conversation. With yeah. Them, so so um, on the so there seems to be some conflicting information on the C servers. It said it's using green grade accessories. One on, on NA and EU um, uh, uh, forum or uh, the website. It says it's yellow. So maybe there's like a typo somewhere. I do think it's yellow because they did. Uh, remove yellow, yellow accessories yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure it's yellow but it, it's probably a typo um on the c servers yeah would you guys yeah, be there's... more excited about it if it was like blue grade like cactum rings blue grade? And, yeah well that's Maybe definitely half, cheaper half than value. cheaper and yeah. better than using yellow accessories so yeah i'm just thinking about like choice brings up a really good point with it being now all of a sudden newer players are having a struggle trying to get crescent rings now they're they're struggling to get latents you know um bassy belts things like that um so yeah i mean that that is a very valid point i, I didn't even think that way because i was excited about the lantern even though i can't use mm -hmm. it for like another 100 gear score or whatever but you know um yeah that'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see if they see that being an issue and find a way to fix it I'm also curious how many charges you're going to get with your lantern, like we were talking about earlier. Because if I'm dumping a try whatever into this lantern, I better be getting some some returns on that investment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a, a bill. What most tries are like a bill, so I better be getting something back on that. Um, Maybe that should be like perfectly in sync with, with the cost of that item on the market. So, mm. like, if something costs say five bill you get you know it's basically just your every hundred bill worth of accessory or every hundred mil worth of an accessory you get x amount of time so mm. that way there it doesn't really matter what that accessory you're using yeah. it's like perfectly scaled okay mm. okay yeah um, that'd be kind of cool because then you could use even any accessory you wanted you could even take dawn earrings like very expensive things you could you might even use a base deborah necklace because it's worth it. like you know you never really know <laughs> Monka. <laughs> If I ever see somebody put a Debo in a fucking lantern, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, somebody clip it. It's like number one clip for like a few weeks. Crazy oh, people. That, that was the thing when fairies came out. People were putting like boss gear, like Zarkas uh -huh. and stuff like that inside their fairies to feed the level. That was yep. pretty funny. Monk. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Lavertos, people, the Laverto market suddenly crashed. There was no Lavertos because everybody bought them to feed fairies. It was pretty mm -hmm. funny. Um. Let's let's keep talking about grind zones, but let's move on to the uh, to the next grind zone here. So um, they've announced that they are expanding Madaya. We're finally getting Southern Madaya, and it is called mm -hmm. Ulakita. Um, this mm -hmm. is going to be exclusively only in-game grind zones. I believe it's four grind zones, um, mm -hmm. and I honestly did not expect them to announce. I don't think this is a major expansion, but I did not expect them to announce any kind of expansion at all um coming up so uh yeah choice yeah, didn't see it you, coming man yeah have you played through i'm assuming you played through all of the land of the morning light did you enjoy the story of land of the morning light at all 
Yeah, no, it was good. I I think that it's actually a really, really nice thing. I think that that's a perfect sort of like game tutorial. There's a story, there's like challenging bosses, it's mm. unique, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, there's enough going on where you're switching stories every few, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Like, mm -hmm. I actually really think that they did a really good job. And it's probably the region that I'm recommending more now for new players to try out, because I know there's some day one players that are successfully able to do the bosses. So it's not like it's too hard or anything. Yeah. But I think it's like a really good new player experience. So I think that it's a great region to start in. And I did enjoy it. I, I actually really like the bosses. I don't really care too much about the storyline, but I like the Calamity 7 ones, like the actual challenging PV. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the everything else was kind of like, you know, just let me get at these bosses. Like, I didn't really care. Like, yeah, cutscene, you know, yeah. Yanwa, whatever. Like, I was just <laughs> trying to get through it. Or Hispanic. Exactly. So, okay, I, now flip I that like on it. its head. I like the update. Now, now this is anti-new player. We're talking about 700 gear score zones. Mm -hmm. Are you guys? Do you guys think that we're going to get any? I, they mentioned that there's going to be some main story included with two of the new monster zones. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, but this sounds to me like this is explicitly like high-end grind zones. Like that was the purpose of this little like mini expansion that it sounds like they're doing. Um, so, do you guys have like any strong feelings on like? having this this area exclusively come out and just be only for the very upper end end game pve players uh choice go go ahead yeah so i don't necessarily mind that it's that way and i say this for a couple of reasons so over the last probably two and a half years, ever since PA took over, they've been doing a really, really good job of taking care of that new player experience. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gotten a lot of really good updates. We've gotten seasonal servers. We've gotten Jatina accessory. We've gotten guaranteed enhancement stuff. We've gotten just all types of new player stuff. We got Arena Solaire, Cap Node Wars. Like, we've gotten tons of stuff that's for a new player. And it kind of felt like the end game identity of Black Desert. Like there wasn't really much end game to really look forward to because mm -hmm. they kind of just gave everything to the new player. And so I was very pleasantly surprised that they were kind of also thinking like, oh, it kind of looks like we haven't done much for the end game community in a while. And not only that, but end game is something that new players also look forward to. It's a reason to continue to play and mm -hmm. want to get excited about being able to access content. So I think that it was a long time coming to get some nice updates that are that people can work towards and look forward to working towards because mm -hmm. without that, you know, that pen black star you hit with not with a challenging grind spot, like if there's not hardly any challenging grind spots, that pen black star doesn't feel quite as sweet as, you know, it just doesn't feel as sweet because there's no use to it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely mm -hmm. like that they're taking care of, you know, making excitement in feeling like, oh, I'll be able to be able to grind here. I'll be able to boost my fail stacks up with these new, you know, items that drop. So I get the telescope, all this stuff. Like, I think that it was well-timed after, you know, two and a half years of new player, mostly new player updates to really say, this is the end game. And this is something that you have to look forward to. So I, I thought it was fine that it was all endgame spots. Jay is the PVE lord of the podcast. Uh, do you have a... Uh, do <laughs> well, Choice is also a PVE about? lord. <laughs> and yeah, a PvE lord. He's, a, he's special guest this week. He, special guest. You're, 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 the, you're the, the lord of the podcast here. Oh, it's okay. Blue, you're the PVE man. <laughs> okay. What was the question? Do you, have a strong, <laughs> do, you, do you have a strong feeling about uh, this zone being exclusively endgame gear zones? Yeah, as 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 Choice said, I think it was really good timing because the last two expansions we got, 
uh, Mountains of Eternal Winter and Land of Morning Light uh, were mostly focused on accommodating the newer player, accommodating the majority of the player base. And so now, uh, three years later, um, from Odalita, Odalita was the last one, right? Odalita was the last um, expansion where we focused on endgame players. And then we got two more expansions focusing on newer players. And now we're going back to endgame focused um, players. So I think it was really good timing for that. Um, in terms of uh, the endgame spot being Southern Medea, that was really unexpected I, th I feel like nobody expected that southern medea would be the next region that we would get and it would be an end game spot you know for for a lot of people i think it was the land of demons that was going to be the next mm. region um because that was talked about a lot uh, over the last three years and um actually if you finish the mountains of eternal winter storyline at the end uh it was like a precursor it was a setup to that region because at the end you got a uh one of the two valencian gold keys to unlock the gates of a region called Alieli, which is the official name of the northern part of valencia which is also known as the land of demons so um in terms of the grind spot itself the grant the end game grind spots i was a little bit worried when they mentioned the grind spots were going to have simple mechanics um, but at the same time, I think it's important to have certain grind zones with simpler mechanics for players to prefer to grind in that way. Um, and for the two zones that they did not announce, I'm uh, hoping that they would be party grind spots because I'm, I, I love party oriented stuff. I think the game yeah. is so much more fun when you, when you include more people. And so, um, we'll see, we'll have to see. Um, I think they announced it, it was going to be September, October for those other two to be yet revealed grind spots. We'll see. Yeah, I believe you're right. So uh, one thing y'all didn't touch on that is kind of interesting is this new zone brings everything kind of back centralized again. Because like, Jay, you're spending a lot of time at Olin's. You got Land of the Morning Light out in Timbuktu. Um, you've got Lower Gyphons. Uh, Hex isn't quite as far, but this is like Madaya. Like this is really close to where most player base hangs out, which I think is interesting because for... For such a long time, we've been going further and further and further away from, you know, Heido, Velia, Calpheon, mm -hmm. kind of the core of what is BDO, what the game started Center as. of the mainland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so to bring Southern Madaya in is kind of like, oh, okay, we're, we're kind of getting close to home again. Um, so I think it'll be nice that, you know, like if you, fun, if you suddenly get the urge that you want to go grind, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Southern Madaya real quick, you know, and it's like literally a one minute horse ride over there and you're ready to grind um, mm -hmm. instead of, you know, riding wherever you're going. Um, and I also, I think this is another way that they're going to finally funnel um, players kind of close to each other again. Because um, it seems like for a while, players have been really spread out with the exception of like Hex. Um, I don't know, Jay. Do you run into a lot of players at Olin's, or do they just like hop, see your grind, no, and hop out? No, like I, I always find a grind spot at Olin's, and if there's somebody there, I switch one channel, and it's the channel's free. Um, mm. I don't know if that's going to be the same case after Dekia's Lantern might come out, but we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. Now I know Hex is. Do you think Dekia's is going to work at only one pack of one Olin, um, or you'd be able to just proc it on any pack? I would kind of hope that you can that you can just respawn it at the same spot because there are you know how like the main rotation that everybody does is uh this 17 golem rotation across along the entire valley but there are like four or five golems here and there on the side uh, that could be used mainly for dekia so that could be a way to sort of uh, avoid uh 
interrupting um, the main rotation while still being able to utilize Dekia's Lantern. But hey, there's there's what we have like thirty plus servers, so I I, I still don't think uh, we will will um, we don't have enough information to say for sure. But I do hope that uh, the I think the regular Olens is still really fun. I grind it all the time. I'm still grinding it. I don't know if you know, Choice, but I actually got my re I recently got my fourth Merchant Ring piece from Olens Valley. Oh, so now, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yep. so now I have four. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so I still really love that grind spot. And so I, I would hate for that grind for the main rotation to be constantly interrupted if Dekia's Lantern was going to be uh, not just at one spot. So yeah. Um. I just I know like so choice you're probably a little bit more plugged into PvP than than Jay Kuhn is but I know you may have heard this as well but a lot of geared players were very upset at Land of the Morning Light being so far away and not having any grind zones and not having um any way that they could do open world PvP I people have been saying open world PvP's been dead in BDO for quite a long time do you have a do you have an opinion on whether or not Southern Madai will bring back kind of any of that open world PvP stuff or do you think it's going to be pretty cordial there because it is a very high-end spot oh it's definitely going to bring it back uh if you remember when serendia when serendia elvia came out serendia elvia was just like a pvp war zone it it's close oh, enough yeah. <laughs> to main like where everybody hangs out it's close enough to just have a gvg and people don't feel like oh man i gotta go all the way to wherever it's just it's Where's right the there <laughs> and mm -hmm. so same thing when like Hex Sanctuary came, like even Calpheon Elvia, like definitely caused a lot of GVGs to happen. But I definitely feel that there's going to be a big influx of PvP in those areas, as is any place. Like anytime they do an update where everybody wants to go there, it mm -hmm. causes an influx of PvP because everybody's like, oh, I better prepare for this or I better do this or everyone wants the, comp the uh, telescope that's coming out or they want the fail stacks. Like there's a reason to be there and it's new. It's going to definitely cause a spike in PvP. However, it's not like it's going to fix open world. It's not going to, it's going to be a temporary crazy frenzy for a while, but it's not going to be something that's going to all of a sudden be like, oh, we did it guys. Open world is fixed. Like that's not really... <laughs> Yeah, that's not really going to be the fix yeah yeah i agree i think it's uh, it's nice to see it closer to home for the pvpers um and it's nice to see that it is kind of made for the upper echelon because i feel like it is going to spike in some pvp um it'll help with the open world and i feel like this is a almost a direct rebuttal to everybody that was complaining about land of the morning light being so um so like far away and and you're only there for the weeklies and there's no grind spots everybody in you know the node war discord was kind of upset about that and it's like okay well here's the exact opposite you know this is only in game it's close to home all the players are going to be there you're going to be fully buffed anyways because you're already you know you're grinding um high end spot so it'll be interesting to see if this helps get rid of some of those complaints that those players had. Um, I do want to talk about the loot that is going to be coming from there because they announced a mm -hmm. lot of crazy stuff um, coming along with this zone. So we have now grindable Origin of Dark hun Hungers, which will allow you to go to 300 fail stacks, and they will also be sellable on the central market, which is wild. Um, and mm -hmm. then they've also announced uh, Laffy's... Uh, 
upgraded telescope as well, which is like the anti-compass, basically. Um, instead of you being summoned to a location by somebody with the compass, the person with the telescope is summoning to you. Um, so what do you... Let's start with uh, let's start with the origins of Dark Hunger because this is crazy to me. We've talked about this probably on and off in BDO for its entire existence about how fail stack should be sellable in the marketplace, um, mm -hmm. and this is almost that fix to that um, choice. You've been around for a long time. Have you ever wanted fail stacks to be sellable, and is this what you imagine that they would be if they become sellable in central market? I didn't really imagine it. I, I don't like fail stacking. I do actually feel like it's really stress inducing to mm -hmm. be tapping on a stack that's worth tens of bill and you succeed and you get some stupid item that's only worth like, you know, seven. And bill. <laughs> like, yeah, something like that is not not very fun. I've had big yeah. stacks blow up a lot and the entire process of fail stacking is not fun. So I do like this item. I'm very excited for this item. I actually hate fail stacking so much. I did 30,000 quests only for the fail stack. That's all I like, just I wanted to stack. And so, yeah, the fact that I can now buy or grind out a 300 stack without having to ever touch Reblath is really nice. Mm. And I'm happy for it. Mm. And I think that it's great because I feel like the actual enhancing system in this game is something that's super polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But I think there's mm -hmm. more people that hate it, and it's something that's commonly cited as something that people dislike or why they might have quit the game over. 100%. So adding in alternatives is positive, very positive. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, I think Choice touched on everything I was going to say about the origin of Dark Hunter. I think it's a great alternative for players who don't want to deal with the RNG, um, at, at least for the fail stocking part, because... That, I, I don't know. They, they've definitely upped their game. They've definitely added so much quality of life to improve on the fail stacking portion uh, as evidence of the converting of Blackstones into direct 20 stacks or 30 stacks, right? That helped a lot in terms of uh, saving a lot of time. Same with Nadir's band, right? So they are mm -hmm. thinking about the player base for those players who, who want to um, still do that kind of fail stacking. But now we have this other option to, to just literally buy it with pure silver and that's really great for players who want to go for those Debreca earrings which seem to be a lot more in reach right because before in 2020 2021 if you had like a Tet Debreca you were a god or something right if you had a Pen Debreca back then you were it was crazy right who who in the right man would would spend so much time to get those 300 fail stacks me and choice right <laughs> but now we have that <laughs> option for players who uh, it, it's a lot more in reach and there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel for those players and I think that's really great and I think those um, things help um, give the player base a lot more um, motivation and inspiration to mm -hmm. be able to reach those impossibly uh, crazy uh, accessories. And they're not so impossibly crazy anymore. They're actually maybe doable now. So, yeah. I think it's a great addition for those really high fail stacks. I'm curious what you can start at the stack with. I'm assuming it's going to be 120, like the current version of the, the Dark Hunger is. Um, but it's an excellent mm -hmm. way to avoid fail stacking entirely. Do you guys have any speculation on what you think the cost is going to be for these items on the central market? I got to imagine they're going to be expensive well, because those are, those are some high numbers we're talking about. 300 fail stacks is not a joke. So I remember when we did the event, you know, the event where we can, um, buy this, what was it called? Like, uh, something oh, infinity, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, it costed like yep. 300 mil. Yep. So maybe around for, there for is what I'm yeah. thinking. 
Yeah, uh, I actually features. think they're going to be somewhat cheap, but require many. So mm -hmm. I think it's probably going to follow the same exact format where the higher the fail stack, the less it gives all the way down yeah. to say one fail stack. And yeah. that probably is going to start around maybe 250. Mm -hmm. So you're probably going to need like 65 of them to get up or 50, I guess, to get up to that 300 stack. Mm -hmm. And I presume because of that, it's likely going to be under a bill per uh, I would imagine because that's you know imagine if it was over a bill that's over 50 bill for mm -hmm. a 300 stack like I don't know that'd be at that point you just make it yourself so yeah. it's yeah. definitely got to be cheap enough where it's worth using but probably more expensive than actually making it yourself if you know how to fail stack is right. my guess yeah I agree I think Jay's probably pretty close to being right about it being around 300 mil because that is what the event was I had completely forgotten about that event mm -hmm. um and then, what do you guys think about the uh, what do you guys think about the new um, the new treasure item? We're we're finally getting another one, um, you know, kind of uh, along the same vein as the map and the compass, um, and the Laffy's uh, telescope. Jay, I'll let you I'll let you talk on this one first. I love it because I use my compass pretty much every day whenever I grind mm -hmm. Olins, and so an option to do the reverse where I'm like I'm, I'm usually asking, hey, do you have a summon or like I can summon my party members is just so convenient. Mm. And now there's this other option to, to just go there. If um, it's, it's like sometimes they have their compass on cooldown or something. And then I just run over there with the Magnus waste money, loading screens. You might fast travel to your desktop, unfortunately from the Magnus. And so, um, <laughs> well, at the same time, you could fast travel to the desktop with the, with the teleport. We'll say, <laughs> I don't know. It's less, it's a loading screen, less loading screens, less, less chance of fast traveling to your, to your desktop. So I think that's always a win. I'm, I, yeah. I'm also uh, quite curious about how difficult it would be to grind. Cause they mentioned that, um, it's going to be easier than the compass. They, mm -hmm. they, they mentioned it was going to be an easier grind to the compass. So we'll see how, how many hours it will take. Um, although at, at my point at, or at anyone who is, you know, a treasure grinder, they probably don't care about how long it takes. They're just going to keep grinding until they get it. So another one to add to the collection, you know, <laughs> blonde bears, either super excited <laughs> or molding somewhere. No, no. Um. <laughs> what did they say about the vodkin piece, by the way, is it one vodkin or many vodkins so, in order to use it? How I'm understanding it is that there's three parts there. They were talking about a, B and C and they all drop from Ulukita, like the, the 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 grand zones in Ulukita. And then how I'm understanding is that one of the parts can be substituted with a Vodkin piece, or rather the Vodkin piece can be converted into A, B, or C for whatever it is. A um, Vodkin, just one Vodkin? I'm not too sure if it's multiple Vodkins. I just know it's a Vodkin piece. I mean, I, I have several Vodkin pieces um, anyway, so it's not really an issue for me, but um, I would imagine it's just one Vodkin piece. That's... Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but for some reason, I am thinking it was a singular, singular vodka piece. Um, yeah, I'm worried about it because I don't have a vodka, so I gotta go get one. Oh yeah, because you used all vodka. four of your vodka pieces to create four compasses. I forgot about exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, choice. What do you I think mean, about that? Balanced. Choice. What do you I think about get the telescope? As more pieces than I needed. Oh, <laughs> I, I really like the uh, I really like the, the telescope. I'm actually really excited for it. There's so many times. OK, I'll tell you what I'm excited for. It doesn't even make any sense, actually. There's so many times where I will see in my guild that I'm just chilling on Arsha and I see somebody is PVPing. 
And then I go through the entire song and dance of like scrolling around the map, trying to figure out, okay, where is this guy? Like, where are these death markers at? And I'm scrolling <laughs> and it's taking me like a couple minutes to like figure out where the heck is this guy? And the idea of like finding like, okay, there they are. Okay, now, oh my gosh, it's that freaking Gyphon. And here I am, I in Velia. So now I got to go in the Magnus, crash the desktop, load back in, you know, all this other stuff. And the idea with the just being able to be like, oh, PvP is happening. Oh, you're getting ganked. Oh, I can just like telescope myself directly to you and then summon party members. Like that whole idea is really cool. And I'm probably more excited for this item than any treasure item that I currently own. I think it's way more useful than the map to me. It's really? way more useful than a compass. Like Merchant Ring was something I did because I was looking for something to do. Like I actually think it's the number one treasure item that I am going to be most excited for. And if I didn't have any treasure items, it'd be one of the first ones I'd ever go for. So I really, really like it. Yeah. So I just think it's going to be uh, mandatory very soon that that uh, anybody on staff for guilds uh, has to have a uh, telescope because being <laughs> able to summon myself and then CTG the rest of the guild to, to wherever you're at for GVGs. Um, yeah, that's exciting because now... Now I don't have to personally run. I'm just like, yo, X up, I'm coming. Like, I'll be there in just <laughs> yeah. a second. So, um, what do you think the? Um, did they ever mention the cooldown? If not, what do you think the cooldown will be? Ten hours as well. Yeah, I think With it'll the be whatever the compass is. Yeah, mm. six to ten. They said that it was easier than the compass, and the map is easier than the compass, so it could be maybe six, like the map. Mm. I um, I'm pretty excited about the telescope. It's a good. It's it's in the same vein as the other treasure items from Valencia, but with a different feel to it. And now there's you know gr new grind spots for it. I feel like this was just a slam dunk. Like they were like, what can we add that's in this family? And they were like, oh, we'll just do a telescope, and it summons you <laughs> to them instead of the other way around. Uh, mm -hmm. So I feel like that was just a slam dunk. It was a good good addition. I was I was actually pretty excited about. It. Speaking of treasure yeah. items, we didn't touch on this when we were talking about horses. There's a there's a Krog Dollar stable that you get when you own all three T10 horses um, that allows you to swap between those horses at will whenever you want. Um, do you guys have any opinions on that? Uh, I'm not the most too excited about it because you have to get three T10s. <laughs> And that is a it, that that could for some people take a very long time. Mm. Um, whereas a system now. there is a Felix system, but in the same vein as the rich merchant's ring, at least you could put in as much effort as you want to get a rich merchant's ring. For this, you're time gated, right? This, you're, you're essentially yeah, time gated true. for this treasure material because you have to get the the three T10s, and that is you know that could take a very long time for some people. Choice, so you not have the most I think it's cool. They practically just announced tier 11 horse. That's really all it is. Oh, like I guess so. Yeah, that could be a way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a tier 11 with extra steps practically. But yeah, I, I think it's cool. I like the fact that they give a reason to have all three because, mm -hmm. quite frankly, I was waiting until tier 10 Doom got announced to see which of the three horses I like the best because I really only really cared about having one horse. Mm -hmm. But now I care about having all the horses. So yeah. you can't ride many horses at one time until now, which is great. And how many times have, you know, how, how convenient is it to be like, oh, I am now in the desert and I'm on my Pegasus. Now I can just quickly swap on over to this mid whatever. I guess if you're at Sand Green, it doesn't matter. But let's say you're going to 
I don't know. It's just a small thing, right? It doesn't even really matter. Yeah. There's tons of stables all over the place where you could do this, but your horse is never going to be there at that stable or something, yeah. right? So, like, just having it at all times is cool. Very convenient. And I also... Yeah, it's super convenient. And it also makes a lot of uses and reason why you might get multiple Krogdalo sets. You, know, you might have to get Krogdalo for all your different horses now instead of just swapping based on the one you're riding. Oh, the yeah. The, Krog, cool, the so. Krogdalo horse gear. Yeah, and I didn't think about that. That's yeah. great. And um, once again, right, it's something... There are people that literally play this game for horses, yep. right? So giving them something that they really care about and something that people are working really hard on. I, I am all about rewarding players with cool things that are just small conveniences and just a flex. Like, hey, you got a title. You're the mythical horse trainer, whatever the title is, right? Mm -hmm. Like something like that people get really excited over. And I'm, I'm yeah. happy for them to get excited over it. Yep. Then the thing that pops in my brain is going to Node War in the middle of the desert. And you're like, oh, I've got my Pegasus. Well, now you're just like, oh, I've got my Dine. I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> be no nice. more forgetting your horse in random places, you know. Oh, I've got my Doom in the middle of the desert. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I think it was a good idea. Um, it, it really re does reward those those T10 horse players because yeah. it's going to be a grind <laughs> and a lot of RNG. Um, but let's move on. Let's keep talking about the Southern Medaya. Um so they they teased. They didn't really mention it too much, but they they talked briefly about our next uh, fallen god piece, our slumber origin armor set, which is going to be Ator's shoes. Um, do you guys? They're they're coming in. When did they say September? September, yeah, September. yeah, yeah. Korea, um, which is which is fast. I mean, well, maybe not fast for Korea, but we just got Don's gloves, and they're yeah, already just, like, just hey, the next one's coming. Um, so I feel like this was significantly faster than even like them announcing like Fallen God and then getting Labresca and then getting Dawn's. This is like almost back to back and, and by comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess the first question is, do you guys think, uh, it's going to come from the new zone from Southern Madaya or I, mean, I think it's got to at this point. Um, I, I think it, I don't see uh, maybe Dekia's lantern will have something to do with it. But besides that, I think that's the only option or they add it into an existing spot. So uh choice, do you think we'll get add towards shoes from the new Madaya zones? Yeah, definitely new Madaya. And it is really fast. Definitely. Because when we got Odalita, it was like November or October, 2021. And then it wasn't until like a year and a half later, like April of 2022 that we got uh, the next uh, Labresca helmet. And then, mm june of 2023 is when we got the shoes so it's like it's always been over a year usually like a year three months a year and a half type of thing mm -hmm. before in between and at this point we're looking at a couple of months or unless they really delay it which i hope they don't mm -hmm. i hope they kind of you know this entire festa has been about like learning that hey give the players what they want and you know the players want to have global relations on stuff so mm. please do not let us wait and watch korea explore these entire areas and know everything about these areas for significant periods of time before we get them but i don't mind either that they're releasing this stuff early because you know it's, it's kind of weird only having one piece that's not fallen god at this point um, I think that it's it's nice, and it, I really like the way that they made the path of Fallen God, and it's also going to help with you know Stone Market as well again because mm -hmm. Kaffirstone have been sold mm -hmm. up for a long time. So I think that they're doing a great job in and how they upgrade the gear, and I'm happy to see it. And I'm really curious what the four set effects going to be if they add one because they added an, yeah. an extra third set effect when these came out, the Dawns. So 
probably gonna be something real sick. Jay, do you think it's gonna be coming from the new zone, or do you think they're gonna add it to an existing zone somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think the evidence just lines up because they mentioned for the other two unrevealed areas, it was coming in September and October, and then they announced a tour shoes was coming in September. So I feel like it's going to come from um, one of those two additional grind zones because uh, they're also updating a main quest um, when the when the September up, or October update releases. I am I am also still like holding out that they might also release a tour shoes um, like it, it like I don't know. Out of, out of the blue, maybe they might they just might make like a brand new um, uh, sort of ancient weapon sort of grind zone in Valencia all of a sudden. Because I do think, you know, if you guys don't know who Ator is, Ator, you might actually you actually see him in the Valencia storyline. I think it's in Valencia part two. You see him. You this see him It's it's this giant tutorial. construct. Yeah, you see him in the tutorial, too. He's it's it's giant construct, ancient weapon construct wandering around in the desert. How did he end up in Medea? So that's that's what I'm thinking is a little bit and weird. How are we gonna fit into his shoes? How are we gonna fit into his shoes? <laughs> <laughs> There's a <True>. big feet. <laughs> yeah, so big feet. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I have this like small inkling in my heart. Maybe they might suddenly make Decia's Histria, and then we would grind it out from Decia's Histria. I don't know because mm. you know it's ancient weapon themed. So that's that's also my other idea of where it would come from. Um, there are ancient weapons in Medea, to be fair. Oh, really? Yeah, Kratuga. Yep. Oh, true. I forgot about Kratuga because I never go there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hosper ruins. Um, Hosper ruins. So, choice. You kind of touched on it. Do you, do you guys have any idea what you would want for a four set effect for the slumbering origin armors? Jay, you can go first. Um. So it on you. <laughs> yeah. So the first uh, two set bonuses. Uh, what are they? They were like 100 HP for the two set and 300 HP for the reset right mm -hmm. i think that was a little bit boring uh, it's great like it's amazing but um i do think it was a little bit boring so i think something that would be a little bit more interesting is that if you look at the lore of the slumbering origin armors right the fallen god uh chest was from a god right the god of mm -hmm. i can't remember what it was called I, I can't remember who the god was but he was a fallen god and labresca helmet came from a the golden dragon labresca and Don's gloves came from this freaking guy. What's his name? Godun. This this god in you know Land of Morning Light. And now we have a Tor, right? A Tor is is this sort of giant, it, a powerful being, right? All these mm. all these armors just come from a powerful being. So maybe it would be more so like otherworldly stats. Maybe it would be additional BSR capacity. Maybe additional BSR generation. Maybe even increasing the effectiveness or duration of BSR related abilities would be a more interesting BSR set effect or a set effect for the four set. Cause uh, I think if they give us, I don't know, 400 HP, that would be kind of boring. It would be good, but it would be really boring. Yeah. Choices like fiending, foaming at the mouth. With the yeah. Let it remove the, the, the <laughs> cool down of my 200%. How about that? <laughs> no cool down. That's great. <laughs> uh, choice. Do you have any kind of speculation or anything, any ideas of what you would want it to be? Absolutely. I think the greatest force set effect would be the effect to transmorgify the armors to actually match. That'd be great. Because, oh, like, yeah. those things do I'm not trans match whatsoever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they like, look I it looks awful. <laughs> Falling God armor and Labresca helmet looks so bad compared to the gloves. They should have just went with the gloves <laughs> design and just ran with it. So, yeah, honestly, I, I couldn't really care about the force set effect. I feel like it's probably going to be something super basic, but 
that is one thing they should do is they should revamp to make that set actually look coherent because it looks so silly right now. Um, I, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that it's just going to be HP or stamina or something along that because that's always been the kind of force that affects. It'd be interesting if they did something different, but I I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so what about um? So there's four different types of the slumbering origin armor, right? There's the fallen god, uh, Labresca helmet. Don's gloves and a tour shoe. So maybe going off, piggybacking off of Choice's idea of making them coherent. What if they had four different sets? Like the Fallen God set would be more, you know, about that fall, whoever fall, whoever fell, which god fell. It would look like <laughs> that guy. And then the Labresca one would be more dragon esque in terms of aesthetics. And then the, you know, the Don's glove would be more of the Korean aesthetic. And then the Atour shoe would be more ancient weapon aesthetic in terms of making them more coherent. So I think that would be a cool way to, to, to make them more interesting. Give me a quest where a quest. after I have all yeah. four pieces that I need to run and I transform all of the armor to be, you know, all part of the same set to make it look cool would be sick. Um, yeah. Because we've talked, we've talked about cosmetics before and like player, like individuality in the game and expression and stuff yeah. like that. And that's always, that's always a slam dunk. It's so easy to do too. It's just like, all right, here you go. Um, so yeah, that would be neat. Um, do you guys think uh, we'll get slumbering origin weapons? I know we've got our our black star, pin black stars, all that kind of stuff. Uh, do you guys see them um, revamping weapons at all, or do you think they're going to stick with uh, Goddard and Black Star for a while? Choice, I'll let you talk on this one first. Uh yeah, so run that one by me again real quick. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I gotta drop at Hex, the ancient light thing, and I had no idea what to do with it, so oh. I got to oh. <laughs> um, I said, do you think that we're going to get uh, Slumbering Origin weapons next to replace our oh. Black Stars? Or do you think oh. we're going to stick with Goddard and Black Star? I definitely think they're going to add, yeah, they're going to add the next upgrade to it. I think that we're... It, it's got to be right like they they kind of just are going to run eventually out of stuff to add and the mmos always have forward progression so it's maybe not something that's going to happen right away there's still a few things that we're missing mm -hmm. like we don't have Debereka rings that they could add mm -hmm. we don't have yellow grade evasion rings we don't have like a few other things that they could add from a new region say um but yeah i definitely think that we'll eventually be turning our black star or c20 boss gear for weapons into some type of fallen god mm. weaponry mm. and hopefully 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 they finally make fallen god weaponry just like universal so that way that you can use it on any class mm. without having a specific you know i don't know having to have a specific class for a specific weapon mm -hmm. i know that mobile just got that like a few months ago now weapons are no longer specific to the class and you can put them on any class you want and I feel like with this many classes that exist in Black Desert, and we already have the tagging system that allows meta chasers to chase, why not? Just let mm. us play the classes we want to play at this point. You, you could figure that one out. I'm sure that they could balance that somehow. Jay, do you have an opinion on Slumbering Origin so, weapons? I have a different take on it. I think instead of Slumbering Origin weapons, we might get different types of cups to add specific stats to our weapons. So let's say we can add like an accuracy cup to our black star to give it more accuracy. Maybe we can add more uh, utility like HP on hit. I think maybe we could add more like maybe sheet AP or sheet DP to our weapons or something like that. So maybe that would be another way to 
add that forward progression, but also customize it in terms of gear diversity. Hmm. My only concern with that is that we already have reform with Garmoth. So would this be replacing the Garmoth parts? So if you think about in the case of the alchemy stones, we actually got, you know, the blessed alchemy stone, and then it was upgraded further with the exalted one. Mm -hmm. So they do have the capability of upgrading things further from already upgraded things. So true. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the easiest answer to this question is probably that, yeah, we're going to get slumbering origin weapons. Um, I think it's just like progression-wise, it's kind of the no-brainer next step. Um, there are some some things that should be, you know, done first probably, like um, Deborah Wrecker Rings. Um, the one thing that scares me about this is I'm actually a little bit more of a fan of a little bit tankier of a meta. I don't like playing Rocket Tag. It's not a game I enjoy playing. Um, so I like it when things are at least a little bit tankier. I like being able to combo people and kill them rather than hit them with one or two stray skills and they blow up somewhere on left screen. Um, so the thought of fallen or slumbering origin weapons kind of scares me from the sense of like, okay, how much more AP are we really going to be gaining from these things? And what are those brackets going to look like? Because right now the brackets after 309 are one. So obviously yeah. you can't keep that. You've got to add brackets if we're, if we're taking our AP higher. So, um, I, I do think it's a no brainer. I think that's probably logically the next step. I would be interested to see if they did something different to add customization to your weapons that you already have. Like Jay was saying with, um, you know, with cups or a cup equivalent of, Hey, you want more accuracy? Here's more accuracy. You want some DP stats? Here's some DP stats. Um, I think that would be interesting and it would mix things up a little bit and allow more player customization as well. Um, Mm. which I've talked about extensively that I love any any way to allow me to differentiate myself from other players via you know the stats that I choose to invest points in is is always cool. Um, so I, I'm scared. We already talked about power creep and how much I hate it. So <laughs> um, I, that that's my only concern is like, are we going to go back into rocket tag meta? Because right now things are feeling a little bit more tanky. Um, players are feeling a little bit more tanky with the addition of the crystals and everything from Land of the Morning Light. Um, and I'm a bigger fan of of one comboing people rather than one shotting people. So, um, but that kind of that's going to lead us into our uh, our next topic, which is the topic that I'm most excited about. I've been fiending talking about it for, like, <laughs> all weekend because I I don't want to like. I like kind of popping off the cuff with podcasts. So I'm like, I really wanted to talk about this. So I haven't talked to anybody about it, but they have announced the one thing that I've craved in this game the most since I got into the node war scene. And that is faction, large scale PVP. If you guys haven't heard, they've, they've announced allegedly that we're going to get it at some point. There'll be an update in August, maybe. Um, But they've announced war of the roses, which is going to be a 300 versus 300, player versus player um like almost like conquest war almost like castle siege um but there's going to be like command posts that you capture along the map um there'll be a commissilvian faction and there'll be an odalidan faction um there'll be naval combat involved there will be a leader like a the the general of each side that kind of calls the shots and allows uh he has the ability to tell certain platoons to go do certain things um, and there's little missions that pop up. There's a tactical map that pops up. Um, it's 
it's pretty wild, like how extensive it is, and I'm really excited about it. But they've teased stuff like this before, and it just disappeared, and we never heard about it again. So, um, Jay, I'll start with you because I think Choice and I are probably going to have a conversation about this in a second <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as the PVPers. So, um, what do you think about 300 v 300? Does it excite? Does the thought of it excite you? Well, you know, as you may or may not know, I'm not the most um, into the PvP scene. Um, but if I had to say my opinion, I definitely did not expect. Um, and I feel like most of us were blindsided by a 300 versus 300 conquest war mode or whatever it is. And, you know, I'm not too personally interested in this mode. But let's say the rewards are really nice. Maybe I might be more inclined to participate in this type of combat, right? So I also have this feeling that War of the Roses is actually... Um, a more polished version of this uh early thornwood castle content that was announced like a way back ago like two three mm. years ago when olita got released and uh, that we were supposed to get where it mentioned a pvpve mode uh mm. since they mentioned actually in war of the roses there's going to be monster armories to participate in the war effort which adds an interesting element of pve in this mode so let's say you know those pve uh pveers and life skillers might have some other um, things and roles and niches to do in this 300 v 300 war maybe it's not just pure combat i don't know and so hey maybe that would be something for me um but yeah um that's my first impressions of yeah War the well, we know that's how you got started um, in pvp you had to go oh, get the crystals yeah. so you know yeah, they i had to get the, the glorious akrod yeah. crystals yeah i was like <laughs> was like what that's a pve crystal and they made it a pvp so yeah that's true that's true that's the only reason why i did pvp is to get the glorious Hawkrons. yeah so, so maybe I mean, they make a pve crystal in this and then i'll be inclined to do it so <laughs> choice what are your first thoughts on it when you saw it they had me on the edge of my seat in the first <laughs> half and then <laughs> in the second half i was a little bit disappointed okay mm. there's something that they announced that immediately made me just like oh man that's not that's not i i don't know i don't don't know about that so basically they said that you're only allowed to do it every two weeks Mm. it's like a two-week limit thing and so what i wonder about is is this going to be like another siege-like activity where it's a four-hour time window and it's just a guild versus guild uh, 300 versus 300 with the two leading guilds in with the two leading guilds in charge, or is it going to be something where it like resets every couple weeks or something mm. where it's like a continuous fight and it has like a reset every two weeks where now new guilds take over if they qualify or maybe the same guilds or whatever. Basically this entire Ro- war of roses thing, the way that they were describing it is extremely familiar to an old game mode. That was incredibly fun in the new school runescape. If you guys are familiar with soul wars, It sounded exactly like Soul Wars. And the entire minigame was so much fun. And what was amazing about it is it was just something you queued up for. You had red team, you had blue team, you'd go in one of the two teams, you'd do Soul Wars. It was really fun. You could then get out of the game and join it up again. And you could just go over and over and over again. And it was very fun content that you could just do over and over. Hmm. So that is the type of PvP that I personally think BDO needs is pvp where it's not like you have to get all prepared for a fight and 
it's only at a specific time, which means that's, you know, if you're busy, you can't participate, or if you really like it and it's fun, it's like, oh, you got to wait two weeks. So I'm concerned about the time gated nature of it. Once again, I think that it would be a lot more cool if it was kind of like designed around maybe world versus world in Guild Wars 2, mm -hmm. where it's something mm -hmm. you just go into and it's a constant fight at all times, something like that would be really cool. But I am worried about the time gated nature of it. Other than that, it looks like a really sick concept. And I'm very excited for the you wanted more. It, for sure. You wanted more replayability for it, essentially. For sure, yeah, I, absolutely. I wanted, like, right now, if I want to go PvP, what can I do? Uh, no RBF. is over, <laughs> right? Uh, open world, I got to go try to find somebody. RBF, like, that's it. Like, there's, there is not really an outlet to go and just be like, I want to go fight something and fight somebody right now there's there there's in that outlet so that's what i was hoping that was going to be that's why the original concept of thornwood castle was super cool is because it's like okay it's pvvp it's something you can just go into and be like hey i'm gonna join up with four buddies if it's a five-man thing i don't remember what it was but you join up and you just queue up and you do it so i really really need that type of content in my life in bdo mm -hmm. i need to be able to just be like i feel like getting some blood on the battlefield and i just want to be able to queue up and go so i hope that they make it a two-week reset period but it's a continuous fight something like that would be mm. so cool maybe that's the reason why there are npcs in it is that that makes it more of a you know if there's not exactly 300 people fighting at the time i don't know like I'm, I'm hoping that it's something more continuous than just being like, gather around kids, it's time for the War of the Roses. And then once mm -hmm. it's done, it's like, wait two weeks, have fun again. Yeah, I, so I'm a huge World versus World player. It's how I got started in large scale and MMOs was Guild Wars 2 playing the World versus World mode. It's super fun. Um, ESO has a system that's very similar to it as well with uh, Cyrodiil being... Um, kind of their their pvp hub and you go around you you do very similar things you take forts over you know that kind of stuff but it's a it's a constantly evolving war where i could log off tonight and tomorrow i can either be pushed all the way up to the enemy's main castle or the flip side of that i could be all the way back at my castle and then i spend you know the whole afternoon grinding through again um so there was one other thing that concerned me and the reason why I don't think it's going to be a constantly live thing is because they said there will be two guilds that back each side. So you'll have, let's say, I don't know, corrupt backing Odalita and you have um, Digi backing Kama Sylvia. And then the other 200 players are going to be random, which is very concerning because this is uncapped content. So this leads me to believe that it's going to be a once every two weeks, you're going to have this thing and it's either going to be before siege after uh, like on Sunday, it's going to be replacing something somewhere, which is also concerning because no war scenes kind of need people. Um, you don't want to lose like 300 people on like T3s or T2s and they're mm -hmm. just poof, they're gone for the evening. Um, so I really like the concept. I think it's super cool. I love faction-based warfare. I love the the thought process that looks like went into this too as well. Like they de they designed a tack map for it. They've designed a general concept where it's one guy kind of giving the orders. You have these different platoons as well. Um, you know, and the general can give each platoon a different mission and they have to go do that mission. Um, I think all that's super cool. They figured out a way to plug in naval combat into it, which is awesome. Um, it's something that I'm sure all the boaters out there have been fiending over. Some some kind of official 
boat PvP stuff. Um, it does seem like a culmination of everything that they've talked about in like the last like three, four, five balls all kind of hitting at the same spot where it's like, okay, here's here's our concept. This is what we want to run with. Um, mm. I do I 100% agree with Choice. The, the thought of it being like a siege replacement where you can only do it once every two weeks is a little bit disappointing because um, I want it to be a constantly evolving thing. I'm not sure if it's large enough to be a constantly evolving thing. Granted, there's a ton of map space they're talking about. I mean, it's the whole mm -hmm. southern part of Kama Sylvia and the southwestern part of Odalita. Um, but if they could make it a constantly evolving thing where if I'm on it at three in the morning and I pop in there and there's like 10 of the people with me, like we can go run around and do like partisan stuff in the back lines and, you know, bat cap stuff that was one of my favorite things to do in like world versus world is get a band of like five people together and go back cap a point somewhere way behind enemy lines that we have no business being at um because it's fun um so i'm really excited about it i implementation is going to be key and that's that's always what it is with bdo is always how are they going to implement it the concepts that bdo comes up with the pa comes up with are phenomenal um, like 95% of the time, um, it's really going to come down to just like, how are they going to implement it? And if it is just once every two weeks, like what are the rewards going to be like for those 300 players that are involved? Because 200 of those players are completely random. I could, you know, all of, all of my guild could sign up and not a single one of us get in, but then you have like half a corrupt that managed to get in. So they'll probably hmm. give us 10 RBF seals and three mil to the victor. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we, we have joked about that kind of stuff before and they, they have pleasantly surprised us lately. So I think that they, I think that they have an idea. I don't think it's completely fleshed out yet. I think they have a lot of the core mechanics down for the system as we saw in the, in the announcement video for it. Um, it looks really cool and really polished, surprisingly. The fog of war on the tactical map is amazing. Um, you can only see what your allies are able to see on the tac map, which is really cool. You have command posts, which will centralize PvP around a, you know, a certain zone. Um, there's naval combat. I think, there's, I think they even showed a command post in the water on one of the little islands in between mm -hmm. the two castles that, like... That's exclusively for boaters. Like that is, you load people up on a boat, you go to that point, and then you've got boats around that island, trying constantly mm -hmm. trying to kill people. Um, so that was uh, all in all, it's a great concept. I I would like for it to be a constantly evolving war that lasts for two weeks, and then you hit a reset button at the end of two weeks, and you know, whoever's got the most points or earned the most whatever, you know, um, they get the they get the spoils. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I'm I'm really excited about it though. I'm not gonna lie, because I love faction-based PvP. I think it's really fun, um, and it really gets players hyped too. Like PvPers get so hype about faction versus faction. Um, I've already flamed I've already flamed people that play Ranger because I play DK, and I'm like, uh, uh no, <laughs> you need to go away. <laughs> so um, I like stuff like that. Um, is there anything? Is there anything that concerns you or that you want to see come out of this mode? Um, like in the terms of like rewards crystals jay already kind of touched on like maybe some kind of crystals is there some way that maybe you can incentivize newer players to do it or is there some way that you can um balance it to where it's enough of your it, it's going to be fun enough and also lucrative enough excuse me lucrative enough for you to go do it um choice we'll start with you what do you think as far as like not monetizing it, but I can't think of the word that I want to use, making it lucrative to 
do this event if it is every two weeks or if it is a constantly evolving battle yeah well i'm a definitely a very strong advocate of pvpers being well rewarded for their time Mm -hmm. and right now if you can go out and make a billion silver like you probably people at olnzz is probably making like 1.3 1.4 bill per hour pvpers at a minimum should be making 1.3 1.4 bill an hour for pvp Mm -hmm. and so if you're going to participate in this faction war and it is going to be a four hour long war every two weeks and you are going to be popping all kinds of consumables and all that kind of stuff, I could definitely see the rewards being close to six bill or mm-hmm. maybe even potentially more because you're not going to win every time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like, you know, eight bill if you win and four bill if you lose or something mm-hmm. like something like that could definitely be incentivizing enough to actually reward players and pay for the cost of consumables and the fact that it is uncapped as well means that maybe there should be an element of your personal performance as a player rather than just be whether you win or lose whether that be mm-hmm. number of kills number of deaths number of of, of helping capture things like we can't we we can't just have a mode where you, a random new player decides oh i'm going to try out war of the roses in my tuvali gear and they get six bill like it's got to definitely be somehow related to your personal performance in order to properly balance it and mm-hmm. incentivize and you know as is all things and and i know that there's this really really interesting concept that people think oh the rich get richer so if you have more gear score you should make more money yeah the rich already do make more money than you in PVE. That's how the entire <laughs> game works. Uh, if you have a higher gear score, I'm at Hex Sanctuary, you're at Centaurs, I'm making more money than you. If you have 2,000 mastery and I have a 1,000 mastery, you're making more money than me in life scaling. That is how it works. That is just the game. And so, yeah, if you have more gear score, yes, you'll have more chance to capture more points, you'll have more chance to get more kills, and you'll make more money. That is just how MMOs work and that's how they always will work mm-hmm. or how they, you know, how they should work because that's how you incentivize and make getting those gains rewarding and feel like they're worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that it needs to have a element of making at least as much money as grinding for the time you're spending and an element of rewarding you based on your performance rather than just giving a flat rate to everybody. If it had those two things, I think that it'll be very nice. Yeah. Jay, do you have any thoughts on uh, rewards and money money for, uh, for um, this game mode? So, I guess on top of uh, what Choice was saying about like making a certain amount of silver, I think a lot of us would also really like something to... Let's say you're, you're constantly winning the wars, and I don't know, let's say they're giving out a token or something, and you can exchange those tokens for something to show off how much you've participated. Because I do think... Um, in terms of like working hard to constantly do this, like you you should be able to show that off and in in, sort of in terms of uh, what is it called like prestige, right? So mm-hmm. maybe like exclusive costumes you can exchange these tokens for, or exclusive pets, or an exclusive title that gives you like a special aura, like stormtrooper. So I'm thinking more lines of those things for rewards that people would, um, you know constantly do war of the roses for because not everybody will be doing war of the roses but if you are someone who does constantly do it i think you should be rewarded in a way that you can show off that hey like i'm a war of the roses person i'm the war of the Mm -hmm. roses like veteran so this is me (laughs) that kind of that kind of line 
I'm, I'm him. I'm him. Exactly. Yeah. He's me. I'm him. He's me. Uh, okay. So something that I, I, I've already heard, and even though I haven't talked to a lot of play, people about it, I've heard people talking about this constantly, is the server situation that we have in North America with this game mm. mode. Um, you guys both take part in Siege. I have done a few Sieges recently. It's not as bad as I expected it to be, but this was also Bauno Siege because I'm a gear mm. Um So currently in North America, we have a huge desync issue. And we have a huge lag issue when it comes to uh, a lot of players gathered in one specific area. Um, for example, if you have three or four guilds hitting a single conquest fort, there is going to be lag and it's not going to be desync. It's going to be like literal lag where your character will warp around the screen or certain abilities won't go off and stuff like that. Does a 300 V 300 concern you guys in the, in the terms of what the servers uh, are capable of doing? Jay, we'll start with you. Um, so I think definitely most of us are really worried about the lag um, concerning how many people are participating, but at the same time um, in terms of how big, the battlefield is right like i i if in comparison to like sieges that i've been to right um uh, with similar numbers of that many people uh in mm-hmm. a concentrated area right my shot caller is just saying just throw out abilities and it's definitely not, not fun to just do that and get kills <laughs> or something um I, I felt like i wasn't really peeping i was felt like i was just pressing my buttons but mm-hmm. considering that the battlefield is in two entire regions essentially right the the battlefield is really wide spread out wide and open just like my mm-hmm. heart and mind and maybe that lag will not be as present because of that so that's what i'm thinking that's hopefully that's totally where that's, that's my totally hope where you were going with that's the, my hope with the heart and mind. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely um choice do you have an opinion on the lag and the desync for this kind of game mode well i i don't know maybe i got way too much copium from the festa and how they're actually just seem like they reformed a lot of their like old ways of thinking. And and I, I don't know, they gave me a lot of copium at the ball. So maybe this is the leftover copium, but the fact that they're aware that siege is laggy in North America makes me think that they are also aware that this new area might be something that could be laggy. Like I'm, I'm assuming that they will be able to piece those two things together and maybe they will, as Jay said, spread people out enough where it will not be that bad because generally it's only when there's a lot of really high concentration of people mm-hmm. in these siege areas that cause mm-hmm. these big amounts of lag. So if they adequately spread people out, I definitely think it could be fine. And just based on the copium of the ball, I think that they've thought about this and mm-hmm. they're not going to just put out a mess for us, I hope. But yep. I think that they can do it. I think that 300 v 300 can be... Like there's been 300 v 300 sieges that whenever you're it's just one guild versus one guild maybe 100 v 100 it's really not too bad on the leg mm-hmm. so i believe in them and the ability to maybe create several 50 v 50 areas that mm-hmm. would p- virtually be unnoticeably uh un- unnoticeably not laggy like or whatever you know it yeah. wouldn't be yeah. laggy mm-hmm. i yeah. think another big thing too is that there's no there's no building for this these, these are pre-generated I'm assuming structures or things. So I don't, mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's going to be breakable terrain or breakable walls or, you know, something to that extent, similar to siege. Um, 
but I'm assuming it's going to be way more limited. I'm assuming there's not going to be gumball machines at every single command post that you run to. So like, that's also going to reduce lag, like less number crunching on the server side when you have a hundred players hitting something um, is, is going to be good to uh, help with lag. And then I think, I do think they've thought a lot about making sure the players have spread out enough because it looked like on the map there was like, is there an image of the map? No, we don't have one. But it looked like on the map there was like four like main command posts kind of in the center of the map that kind of like divided each side. And then there was one on the island to the south of that. And then there was like two or three that were tucked further back on either side. So it's like as you make forward progress, you take the ones in the center first. Then you get to like kind of the backline area. You take those and then you push the enemy's castle. Um, so in that in that sense, I think they've thought a pretty good way of like spreading players out is like they've already split up into platoons you're going to be in 20 man platoons um you know the general can tell platoons to go to certain places um so i think they have thought pretty heavily about this that being said one of the most disappointing things about the ball and i know it wasn't it was a global ball but still i wanted to hear about centralized na servers give me i want them um I think it would help a lot with desync and stuff like that. So maybe NA will get an announcement about that soon. I hope, because mm. um, I think centralized servers uh, would help everybody. Upgrading the service at the same time would probably help too. Not gonna lie. Um, but let's transition off War of the Roses. I could literally sit here and ramble about it for like the next thirty minutes if you give me the opportunity to do it. Um, I do want to talk about the other PvP related thing. We finally have an announcement for Arena of Solaire returning. Um, it's going to be returning. It's, on, back. it's going to be returning on June the nineteenth. Um, it's going to include brand new arenas from Land of the Morning Light, which is going to be sick. It's going to be a nice mix up to the maps that we already have. Um, and they're also looking at PvP annoyances, like being able to V during knockdowns and stiffs. Mm. Um, we're not going to be, um, you know, only able to V when we get floated. Um, so that's going to be huge. Um, and then I thought one really interesting thing that they touched on inside this as well was the we have our protection badges that we have that pop up next to your character when you use mm -hmm. iframe, super armor, or frontal guards. Now they're going to be adding some kind of CC badges as well, where it shows you what CC you've landed on the enemy. Um, that way you know kind of how to follow it up. If I hit them with a stiff and I've only got a half a second to react to do something to them before they break out, if I hit them with a stun, I've got a second, you know, that kind of stuff. That's mm. um, not just a visual indicator of what the character model is doing because this is BDO, it is desinky, so sometimes it is really hard to tell. Is this character knocked down? Because I've had characters just be standing there and they're like, oh, no, I was knocked down on my screen. I'm like, dude, you're standing straight up and down. Um, so we'll start with Arena of Solaire first, because uh, I think that's the big part, and we'll we'll touch on the P uh, PvP mechanics a little bit later on. But um, if they release Arena of Solaire in the exact same way they did the last time, do you guys think it will perform just as well this go around, better this go around, or uh, not as it won't perform as well this go around? Choice. We'll start with you on this one. Um, do you think it needs to be released released in the exact same way it was the last time? Um, depending on the status of Awakening Megu, I think that it'll probably perform better. I think that Arena Solar Season 2 kind of got ruined by the presence of Succession Megu, mm. and it was just completely and utterly dominated by the class just oppressing everybody. Mm. And then, you know, like, there was a lot of... It was a lot of meta for Sage as well. There was a lot of really, like, nasty Sage meta, and 
I know Sage still exists, but in conjunction with the two, it just made it really unfun because you would always have a Sage or a Megu on your team constantly. So I'm hoping that Awakening Megu doesn't completely mess up and become too overpowered. But all in all, I expect that it's been so long since we've gotten Solaire that I think more people will be inclined to play it starting up here and they're going to be excited for it. But honestly, in order for it to truly thrive, it's going to need to probably be a little bit more rewarding to not just the top 100 players. Yeah. Like it, something, it feels like if, unless you're a top 100 player, you're getting nothing out of it. And I, I kind of have this concept that I think would be really cool where maybe at the end of the season, you get a title that is the same title as what rank you achieved. So say if you get uh, Radiant Spear, which is red, you get a red title that says Radiant Spear. Mm. Or you get gold, you get, you know, whatever, Dawn Spear, Gold Spear, whatever the heck the name is. Like you get a title that says that and is the color of the rank you got. So that way there, people can feel very achieved and like, oh, I got 1300, I got gold. Mm. I get something to show for that. Like, you know, a cosmetic or maybe they actually implement rewards for PvP and that would be amazing. But, you know, in... In lieu of that, at least make it where it's not just top 100 and you're done, mm -hmm. right? Like something that actually feels like you're working towards something. Because for me, season two Solaire, I hit top 100 and I just stopped. It's like there's no reason to go to Solar Incarnate. There's no reason to work harder than I had to because mm -hmm. I got the outfit and I left in season number one, I got 2400 rating to say, yeah, I did it. But now there's no reason to stress out about it. There's no reward. There's no extra nothing. Yep. So it would not only motivate more players to try to hit higher rankings like 2400, but it would also low, like reward lower rankings just as nicely for players that feel achieved about hitting the ranks that they've been working so hard for. So mm. they deserve mm -hmm. to get those achievements. Uh, Jay, do you have an opinion on uh, if they should release AOS kind of in the exact same style as they did for season two? Or do you think um, they need to update some things? So in terms of, you know, changing a couple things, I think if I remember correctly, Arena Solaire um, in the past only had these windows of windows of queuing times. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think a really low hanging fruit would just when you're not in those windows of queuing for ranked, that it would still be available for just non ranked. You would just be able to queue up you know, just to fight people for fun. I think that's just, uh, I think everybody would appreciate that just for even practice too. That would be nice for practicing. If you just, um, are able to queue up with no, uh, stress about like lowering or raising your rank. You, maybe you're trying out a new class, right? You're trying a new class. You want to try it on an arena. This would be a way to do it. But, uh, in terms of rewards and to piggyback off choices, way to show off uh, stuff, I think, so remember in the arena of Arsha, you got this like really cool weapon, the Arsha weapons. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we can make something similar to show off uh, a Solaire weapon, you know, that has a unique animation. So that would be my idea to add on, on top of Choice's idea of, you know, showing off the prestige of those characters who worked really hard to get their ranking. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Any way that can incentivize players to go for a higher ranking is always going to be good. Um, one thing I'm surprised you guys didn't talk about is the matchmaking system in Arena oh. Solaire. I, uh, the, the MMR for Arena of Solaire is a little scuffed sometimes to say the very least. Um, sometimes you'll get really, really good players that are way higher rating than you are when you start. And sometimes you'll get players that are a lot lower rating than you are when you're playing. 
Um, so I would like to see them hammer out some of the details of their MMR system um, to make it a more balanced team. Because sometimes you just get carried. Like if I have two people that are way better than me on my team, I just have to stay alive. I don't really have to do anything. Um, and, and then vice versa. Also, if you get, if you go against somebody um, on the enemy team that's way higher rating than you and you have a team of people around your MMR, you're like, this isn't very fun. I kind of got stomped by that guy. And it's like, um, sure, it's like, it's going to happen. Like it, in the grand scheme of things, it'll eventually balance out, but it's still a little annoying to be like, yeah, this guy's like a full two tiers higher than me. Why am I, why am I fighting against this guy? Um, so I would like to see them do two things. I would like to see them fix the MMR and I would like to see them incentivize players that do not normally PVP to j jump in and try the ranked PVP in this. Um, I don't think their little boxes or whatever they did for season two was enough for players to really get invested, um, into arena of solar. If they were not already PVPers. arena of solar is a PVP thing, but it will be twofold to help players get plugged into PVP, which can lead to them, you know, joining the node we're seeing or joining war of the roses. Um, and then also, um, it'll help balance out that MMR stuff too, where you have more players to choose from now, so you're getting more players along your ranking. Um, and then I guess there's technically three things. The third thing I'd really like to see is I Arena of Solaire is way more fun when you're playing the unranked mode and you are partied up with your friends. It is so much more enjoyable to play. Sure, if they added it to ranked, would it allow for boosting? Sure, it would. Um but it's it's way more fun because I remember when we did our ranked grinds in Epidemic, we would all get in Discord together and there would be 10 people that are all live in Discord because we would all be streaming our screens so that everybody could watch each other kind of play. Um, so I would like to see them add some kind of something to allow us to play ranked with even a duo would be nice um, if they're worried about boosting. Um, and then boost the rewards to make it incentivized for newer players I would really like. Um, but let's move off of Arena Solaire. I want to talk a little bit about the back half of this, this conversation, which is the, uh, the V change, which is going to be super nice. Um, and the CC badges, um, do you guys have strong feelings about the CC badges or the, the V change? Uh, Jay, we'll start with you. Definitely the V change more so in PVE, to be honest, because <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, when I was grinding for crypto resting, I had crypto resting thoughts for um, uh, for the Deborah belt, I would get knocked down by some sort of mob or stiffened by some sort of mob and I couldn't V out and it was just really annoying and I, then I would die and lose a rebellious crystal and I'm sad. So the, the, the V changes is more so a PVE bonus for me, to be honest. Mm. Uh, as for the uh, the status icons for the uh, stiffness and all the CCs. I think that's a really cool change to teach players um, like the timings of and get them, you know, be better at their class to to get those combos going. Uh, I'm just worried about the how cluttered it would look on screen. And so other than that, I, I think that's the only concern I have is if, if it would be very cluttery. Um, I don't know if we can like sort of customize how we would be able to see it. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, so you know how the dummies in the battle arena have that? They sort of have mm -hmm. that sort of status icon for being CC'd. Um, maybe it would look similar to that, but I'm not too sure. that Because if it is, it does look a little bit clunky on screen, mm -hmm. especially if you are going to be CCing like 10 people. Let's say you're doing RBF. 
and you CC 10 people, are they all just going to have that knockdown CC yep. icon next to them? So that might, that would look a little bit cluttery. So that's the only thing I'm yeah. worried about. Um, is there any other additions or adjustments to PvP that you would make outside of these two things that come to mind? Like the mechanics of PvP, not PvP as well. The mechanics of PvP. Well... Um... Choice. So, do you have any? <laughs> that's fine. If you don't have any, that's fine. Right. Pass. If you move off that, I did actually want to comment. I wanted to comment on the status symbols. Uh-huh. I kind of think that they did it a little bit, like differently than I would have. I think mm-hmm. that it, it's useful to have status symbols, just like when it shows you have a super armor. But it should show the status symbol when you're using an ability that does a bound or does a knockdown. Oh. Because to mm-hmm. me, I think it's more useful when I'm learning a new class. I found it like recently I've been learning new classes. I find it really helpful to be like, oh, that's a super armor. That's a frontal guard. I, I can now rotate my protections a lot more successfully because I can see those icons. But I find myself having to go in and read all these tool tips to be like, oh, what's a bound? What's a knockdown? What's mm, a float? True. Oh, this is a knockback. Like you have to read every single tool tip to figure out what is it that this ability even does. So mm. I think that instead of showing the status symbol on every single person, you jump into a ball and you get a 10 CC, it's just gonna flood your screen with just stuff. It should mm. just tell you, you are now using a knockdown ability. It's already pretty obvious to know, well, I mean, once you get into PVP, you can see the animations of you getting floated. You mm. can see mm. the animation of you getting knocked back like those animations are somewhat more obvious than whether or not your ability actually knocks down especially when trying to learn a new class so i think that that would help with the clutter and help with learning a new class tremendously for me at least and Mm -hmm. the idea of knowing whether or not you're on cc cap and stuff like that could be useful for you Something like that could be a nice addition to know like, oh, you're on CC cap. It shows you the exact same meter as in the BA. Something like that would be super helpful for new players because they're then you don't have to count and know and wonder whether or not you're going to stand up type of thing. So I think that would have been a better addition to help new players personally. I agree. Um, I'm, I, I like the idea of the CC badges um, just simply from a desync standpoint. If we didn't have desync, I think it would be kind of a useless addition. I like the idea of... of being able to toggle on okay if i'm learning a class and i want to see what my knockdowns and bounds and stiffens and all that kind of stuff are to being able to turn that on would be huge um and then also um uh, a cc meter would be huge uh because there are some times where it's like all right did i just get double cc'd um you know especially in large scale you're like did i just get double cc'd or or was that a single cc um what is an air, you know, when am I being air smashed, down smashed, that kind of stuff would be, would be nice. Um, I, I really like the V change. That's been an issue for a minute. So I'm glad they're, mm-hmm. they're looking at that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of adding a little bit more customization to each player's experience. Okay. What is it that I need to learn? Um, you know, when, when are my CCs coming out? Is this person CC'd or not? Even if they just added like a little debuff icon under you know the enemy health bar or something like that could potentially be helpful um for like a knockdown or something like that um i want to touch real quick before we wrap up i want to touch real quick on uh, a lot of the quality of life stuff that they announced because they announced a ton 
of quality of life changes mm-hmm. um, during this. Um, they announced, uh, we got more in-depth look at Awaken Meku, but we'll probably say that for next week. Um, for the the um, quality of life changes that we got, um, we've already gotten uh, quite a few with the um, the fairies. Uh, what is, what's the name of the fairy skill? Continuous uh, care. Con- continuous care. So we've gotten yeah. that. Um, we've got being able to fast travel, uh, via, uh, Magnus and we've got our crystal presets. Those three things have been really huge. The consolidation of storage is our, the ability to access storage from anywhere has also been a huge, um, quality of life change. Um, Mm -hmm. so I want to touch on a lot of the stuff that they talked about, um, for quality of life changes and, and just go run down the list real quick. And then we can talk about them uh, um, here. So they've announced that uh, infinite potions will now be able to go into your family uh, storage, finally. Um, Mm -hmm. They'll also be sellable in the marketplace, which is wild. Um, There's going to be a separate cooldown for a traveler's map and for an archaeologist map, which is huge and should have been changed like five years ago. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, The biggest one for me is that horses will no longer randomly stop when running down a hill too fast. You will no longer Mm. break randomly. Um, We're getting a new life skill UI with the ability to um, just pull out your fishing pole um, and hunting rifle whenever you're doing that activity as compared to it taking up a a weapon slot, which is very Mm. nice. Um, the, they've added, um, the ability to sort your inventory, um, by, you know, like different categories, which is huge. Um, nodes are now going to retain the energy, uh, that you've invested into them, even if you remove the contribution from them. So no longer will you lose a level 10 or 20 node, um, and lose all that energy that you've expended just because you need that contribution for a couple of minutes. Um, and then also they remove the levels on pets. So now you just have to get certain tier of pet and your pet is a hundred percent ready to go. No, no more leveling one through 10. Um, so that was the list of quality of life changes that we got from the Festa. Um, out of that list, Jay, do you have any like big quality of life changes out of that list that you're like super excited to see, uh, make it to live servers? Uh, it's definitely the, uh, retaining of, of energy for me. Cause, mm. um, as someone who, grinds a lot like in different places i want that extra drop rate for those spots and for me needing to uh extract those uh contribution points sometimes and losing all that energy because what how how much energy is at level 20 right now it's like i don't know i feel like Uh, it was 20 or thirty thousand energy or something to get to level 20 yeah it was it was it was was burned like three thousand yeah and that was easy so i mean Mm, it was it was a lot of points and so definitely retaining it and also um uh, they also mentioned a way to invest that energy without having to swap through your 26 different characters so that's going to save a lot of loading times so that's what i'm excited for crashing a desktop Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) i I just wanted to move on to this um other question uh, on the outline with other quality of life changes i complain Mm. about this all the time at Olin's Valley, please give players the function to turn off cheering just altogether. Because at Olin's Valley, there is this item oh. called the Alucas that you just inter- it literally interrupts your attack animations, your combos, and your your movements, and interrupts mm-hmm. your gameplay flow, and it's super annoying. And that could also be a dangerous could put you in a dangerous situation, especially at places like Crypt or Olin's when you get something that you f- are forced to cheer for, and so. Um, considering that we are running around with five bill crystals now, if you've gotten your, you know, tier, 
um, your gear and steer or head taste steer, I think mm-hmm. um, this is very warranted. So please, um, Jay Kim, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, Choice, do you have any major uh, quality of life changes that were announced in the Festa that you're like excited about as just being like, finally, they're addressing this? Yeah, I think that Infinite Pot and Family Inventory is a huge one for me. I was actually, you know, in, in tagging new classes, you're constantly in need of some classes needing mana, some classes not needing mana. And for me, I have two HP pots because that's something you need on every class. But I was recently playing a class that was more mana hungry. And I'm like, man, I just, it's hard to go from being so convenienced by an Infinite Pot on one class and not have it on the other. And just being unable to move it is just, I would have rather just go and gone and grinded another one. I was I was almost ready mm-hmm. to go grind another mana pot. So the announcement couldn't have come at a better time for me. So I like that. And the fact that you can use it on any character too is super, super nice. Yeah. It just is automatic set and forget easy. So I love that. I also think that the horse traveling down the hill thing, like huge change, super happy about that one. I am not a Magnus enjoyer. I am not somebody that even really uses the Magnus for anything other than Land of the Morning Light. And so for me, uh, just I ride my horse everywhere. Therefore, being able to go down that stupid hill after a Garmoth or, you know, anything like that is super nice quality of life. Very happy that they do quality of life changes. Also, I'm a I'm a messy inventory enjoyer. So the fact that you can now organize your inventory, <laughs> like happy about that. And auto arrange Andy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I. uh I am most excited about the horse, I think, because I, like Choice, I don't use Magnus much except mm. to go to Land of Morning Light. I enjoy taking the scenic route. Um, I think that's like the old BDO player in me because that was like some of my favorite times of B- old BDO was running around the map on my T5. Um, so, yeah, the hill going from Serendia to uh, Madaya, yeah, not not stumbling down that hill every single time I go to Madaya is going to be so nice. Um, I'm really excited about that because that's been a long time coming. Um, so that, and then, uh, also, uh, I win yet again. Um, the infinite pots are going to be soluble in the marketplace. I'm not going to have to grind for them. Yeah, that's right. How much <laughs> oh, it's going to be expensive, but you know what? It means I don't have to grind. And so I will, I will figure out a way to buy it. <laughs> I wonder um, if the names are going to be preserved for the people that sell them. If you do sell like a legacy one. Oh, true. Oh, surely hmm. they they yeah absolutely uh, don't pins retain their name too right when they transfer i'll tell you what i'll sell you a designer choice hp pot <laughs> if you want for 100 bill bro <laughs> low low price <laughs> that would be awesome that would be cool to just see selling your bath water choices bath water um uh jay has already kind of touched on it but choice do you have any uh do you have any other quality of life changes that really bug you that you would like to see get addressed in the near future uh absolutely i think my most of my problems have to do with just straight up bugs that are just kind of a bother so for me i hate that my stupid quest widget keeps on turning on every time a node war ends Mm. i really like i dislike that um what was the other? There's another major thing that's always happening that I really the quest widget is a, is a huge one to me. Um, what the heck is it now? I feel like I had it right in my mind. <laughs> I know, I know. For me, your UI button slowly moving around as you hit load screens annoys the crap. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a bit, locking your UI, like being able to lock your UI so you don't accidentally pull things off of it, like your mm. hotbar and stuff. Like that, that, that happens a lot too. That's kind of a bother. So yeah, there's there's definitely a lot more quality of life that they could touch on, but absolutely. The also the bug where if you hover over your like exquisite cron meal or any of your like hot, like anything of on your your um your status bar, your buff bar, whatever, mm-hmm. it'll just stay there sometimes. Yeah. So just uh-huh. like basic basic quality of life to fix some of these really common bugs. Oh, I remember what it was: being able to link things in Alliance chat without having to go to Whisper. Oh, yeah. Like oh, just yeah. small things, right? Like these are tiny things that I think could just really. I don't know why it boils my blood so bad, man. Like I'm, I'm, I have my stupid quest widget off, and then it just pops on. Or I need to link something in Alliance, and I got to go through whispers. Or like just these are small things that I feel like could easily be fixed. And it's just the constant reminder sometimes, where it's like, oh my gosh, it's such a small thing, but geez, it's like, man, like it's so <laughs> easy to fix. Please. The the quest widget thing annoys the crap out of me because I have a very specific UI that I use only for wars. And so at the end of war, when it pops up on the side, I'm like, dude, go away. <laughs> this used to not happen. What what in the spaghetti go change that made this turn on all the time? Um, Another nice thing is like allow us to turn off and truly turn off the recommended pearl sales. Like that thing popping up all the time to say, yo, we got a combo blessing in this war for you. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, just please, man. Like, I don't, I don't like, let me turn that off. And if they have to turn it off, if you're like, a value pack user or something then whatever like make it where pearl you can turn off notifications of pearl sales there is already some type of a notification you could turn off in the setting but it's not the one i'm talking about it's like that that stupid thing that you have to don't show again today i wish it was don't show again ever in my entire <laughs> yeah i know I what you're talking about yeah. give a little check box at the bottom do not show this message again ever click done um yeah i i do think they have made some some really they they got me they they hooked me back in with this one uh with this ball i think it was probably the best ball that i've seen them do yet and i think one of the biggest reasons for me why it was the best ball was that it was all these changes are coming soon these are all things that are happening in the very Mm -hmm. near future it wasn't this mythical thing that, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. It'll be sometime eventually. You know, um, they were like, no, th- most of these changes are coming out in the month of July. Um, so that was huge because I, I did not expect them to do that. Um, so I was really excited about that. Uh, Jay, did you have any favorite parts of the ball? What was your all time favorite part of the whole thing? Favorite part of the ball? Um, when Enlove said Poggy Woggy, no, just kidding. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. was saying that all the time, but probably the new grind zones because I am I'm a hard grinder, like I grind really hard, and so for them mm-hmm. to in to introduce new grind zones for me for players like me who are you know craving end game grind spots. Hi, I'm here. Hello, <laughs> that's my favorite part. One thing, okay, one thing I did um uh hope to hear that I did not hear was Adaraxon part four. They didn't, I was yeah, like so yeah. expecting they were going to announce the four, the final act of Adaraxion and then nothing happened. <laughs> I thought that's nothing what it happened. was going to be when they had the pop up. I was Same. like, oh, and then they I were like, like zone. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Choice, did you have a favorite part of the, the Festa this year? And if so, what was it? 
I would say my favorite part, probably just the announcement of the tier 10s. Um, I've, I've been waiting for a very long time to do my tier 10 attempts. And so the fact that they started with that, they showed the Doom, I'm going for the Doom, they you know talked about the mythical stable all that stuff like it actually made me really excited that i waited for mm. my attempts i have like how many attempts do you attempts. have 58, uh, 58. yeah so i'm like i'm ready to go i'm really hoping that i can get at least two horses with 58 attempts if possible they get the five more system. with the um vibicos rocking horse right yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. so like the rocking i'm i'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping and praying that i can what do you guys think the fail stack's gonna be like plus one every um fail? Like maybe one, so for t9 isn't it like 0.2 per percent yeah. per fail so maybe maybe 0.2 percent is my guess per fail really i was thinking start at three percent and 0.1 Okay. But if they if they do point one, I did some like preliminary math. It would be an average of twenty four attempts per horse on average. Hmm. So I feel like that, that brings sense. it down from like thirty three. That's a pretty solid like that's a big difference already. Yeah. Like, that's nine yeah. less attempts. So point one even would be pretty nice. Yeah, um, I think my favorite part was definitely War of the Roses. It's it's the one thing that that other MMOs have that BDO doesn't have that I wanted for so long. Um, so I'm. I want it to be perfect. <laughs> I'm so, I hope it doesn't like disappear into the nether either. Cause they were like, there's going to be announcement on it in August, which concerns me. Cause I'm like, okay. Like that's kind of how the region versus region war kind of happened too. When we were supposed to have Valencia versus Calpheon and stuff. So, um, I really hope that that, that goes off, uh, without a hitch, but that's going to pretty much, I think wrap us up. We just hit the two hour mark. We've got some more stuff. We'll talk about it next week with blue. We've got to save some content for blue. Okay. Yeah. He's on vacation. We yeah. can't take it all. Yeah. Um, I actually intentionally left out the ocean content so that we could save yeah. it. For blue. <laughs> yeah. We did intentionally leave out all the ocean content updates specifically <laughs> so that blue could be here. Cause yeah. I, I know he's going to have some words. So, yep. um, <laughs> But that'll pretty much wrap us up for the podcast. Let's go ahead and do outros. Um, Jay Kuhn, oh. outro yourself. Oh, oh, um, okay. Well, let me pull it up. Uh, hi, my name is Jay Kuhn. Um, I've, um, I do a lot of endgame PV content, such as Olin's, the dungeons, and other boss splits. I'm always happy to answer questions about the game. And you can find me over at twitch.tv slash VTV before the T. Um, bye. Yes, <laughs> He's our, our resident PVE Hi. lord of the podcast. Um, I remember one time I raided Jake. You did. I don't before. remember. <laughs> Not Jake TV, no. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and then a huge shout out to Choice, our special guest for the evening, um, taking in, subbing in for a blue spot tonight while he's on vacation. So mm-hmm. we continue our streak of 16 episodes of the Old Moon podcast. Choice, where can our uh, viewers and listeners find you? Absolutely. You can find me grinding in BDO. I will be either in the EU or NA server at any given grind spot, wherever. You know? <laughs> you'll find me. You just you gotta look for me, but you'll find me. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge shout out to Choice. Uh appreciate him coming on and hanging out with us for this evening. It was a ton of fun. It's nice to get a fresh face in here and uh talk about some some stuff, get some differing opinions so you're not just listening to two bald men and a raccoon. Um, oh. talking about video, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Tiltus TV. Uh, I'm the so- shot caller for the Alliance Solace. Do a lot of PVP stuff. Um, I am the keeper of the T1 tier list. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I am a huge Dark Souls uh, fan as well. So if you ever want to talk to me about Dark Souls or tune in for Soul Sundays, um, that is what I play on Sundays. <laughs> I think my mic just cut out halfway through that. Um, but no, yeah. you? Uh, oh, okay. My OBS yeah. was like, nah, bro, you're out. Um, but that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this evening. Um, remember, we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on YouTube. You can watch live on Twitch.tv at Tiltus TV, mm-hmm. VT, or Blue, Blue underscore Squadron. Um, and a huge shout out to everybody for coming out tonight, making this possible. Um, we love doing this stuff. Um, so thank you guys again for coming out. Uh, it's going to be a wrap. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys. Bye-bye.